The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks for joining us again here on Winning Ponies. Uh, coming into some great racing uh, during the, the summertime, and uh, we're going to be covering some great races with an outstanding handicapper, Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum. Of course, he, he has his own show on the Daily Racing Forum every Friday. You might want to tune into that uh, to see who he's liking on the weekends. Uh, and uh, Matt, I don't know if you were watching the uh national broadcast of the Haskell Handicap last week, and it was a short field, and he decides to pick Gervin, and uh, so, you know, the, the the pundits were like, you sure you want to go with that? He goes, yeah, yeah. He says, I like, I like the way he raced against Iraq and the uh, Ohio Derby. I think, you know, uh, whatever problems he had along the Derby trail uh, are in the past. Joe Sharp's got him sharp, and... Uh, Gervin came home by a nose over McCracken. It was one heck of a race. Uh, Robbie Alvarado is going to be the new jockey, uh, replacing Mike Smith, not because Mike Smith's a bad rider, but Joe Sharp wanted to make sure that he had a commitment. He felt that Gervin's really getting to the top of his game, and he wanted a rider that says, yes, I'll ride him and I'll stay with you. As you know, uh, I'm not saying Mike Smith's a spinner, but on any given day, you know, there's a horse by the name of Arrogate that could be going in the Breeders' Cup Classic uh, against Gervin, and <laughs> I got a feeling you know where uh, Mike Smith's going to go. So uh, uh, Robbie Alvarado got the job done, but Matt Bernier got the job done. For those of you that were listening, $20 and change. Now, speaking of change, we got a jockey change here on Winning Ponies. Donna Barton Brothers was supposed to be joining us, but uh, – she had a commitment that she didn't realize she had uh, gotten herself into uh, and gave me plenty of lead time uh, to come up with another great guest. Uh, he's been on the show before, uh, Jeff Johnston. He's one of the major players in the Jockeys Guild. He's a regional representative. Just got back from Saratoga where they had a great time uh, earning money for the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. So Jeff's going to tell us a little bit about his career, how he got in the guild, where the guild is going, what they feel is important right now, and also give us some news on the PDJF. So uh, a lot of great racing this weekend. I'll go down some of the major races, but the bottom line is you got to pull down the easy win forms. I mean, you know, We've got the uh, the West Virginia Derby, so obviously they're going to have a multi-stakes uh, undercard. And then, of course, you've got great uh, stakes races, graded races at Saratoga Friday and Saturday. So that's a lot to study. Let's make it easy for you. Come to winningponies.com. Pull down your easy win forms. They don't cost an arm and a leg. But with the money you win, you could maybe buy a new arm or a leg. And let me tell you, uh, here at Winnie Ponies, we go all over the place. How about Sacramento? Uh, maybe not a track that uh, you play a whole lot, and I do believe they just closed out their program there. But if you uh, joined us uh, just four days ago, uh, $1 Super 5 Key returned $3,145. And if you like to watch the races at night, 
probably watch Evangeline. And uh, just yesterday, uh, we had a 50-cent Super 5 key that paid $2,066.77. And then Fort Erie, one of the prettiest little tracks I've ever been to, uh, just over the border from Buffalo in Canada. Uh, We had a $1 Super Box pay uh, 2,489. And the following day, uh, $1 Super 5 to pay $2,041. So, if you like money and you like to make it easy, go to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms. As I said, we've got a lot of good racing. Of course, Saratoga's got so many stakes. They don't know what to do with them. They're going to have a grade two tomorrow. And it's the National Museum Hall of Fame, a mile and a 16th. Uh, some good racing out at Del Mar on Saturday. you got the grade two Sorrento Stakes, uh, the grade two Yellow Ribbon that uh, should be uh, run on the turf. A couple stakes back-to-back down at Gulfstream Park. If you like the state-bred programs, you know I'm a big fan of them. Louisiana Downs is where you want to go. They've got a slew of them. Now, they're mostly about $50,000 races, but, again, you're comparing apples to apples, and it makes the handicap a little bit easier because a lot of these horses have faced each other. Uh, So that's uh, the Louisiana uh, Cup Turf Classic will be one of their their bigger races, and, of course, the prelude to the Super Derby. so, again, for people that like to follow, you know, cards that have a lot of stakes, this is one of the weekends to do it, uh, again, uh, at Louisiana and, of course, at Mountaineer. I believe I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight stakes races. So you ought to have a blast with that. Um, anyhow, uh, big, big weekend. That is the preview. Uh, I, I always try to stay tuned just before we go on air, and this story popped up. I was so happy to see it, uh, that Mountaineer is going to memorialize my longtime friend and great publicist, Eclipse Award-winning writer, Bill Mooney. Bill has been a guest on this show uh, in the past, and uh, he was he was on the show when he was uh, battling cancer, never even brought the subject up. But Mooney, they would bring him in to uh, – West Virginia to, to cover this race, the West Virginia Derby, for something like 20 years. And uh, he knew a, everything from go to woe, what Indian tribe lived on the land before it was a racetrack. Uh, Bill is an amazing writer and a historian. Uh, but right now and forever, there will be the Bill Mooney Memorial Purse on the undercard of the West Virginia Derby. And... Uh, so I, I'm just so pleased. I know Bill is uh, probably uh, swearing uh, <laughs> at uh, at the people there because he never liked his name, you know, put out in public. As a matter of fact, he gave one of his Eclipse Awards away to uh, Old Friends Farm because it was about one of their horses. He didn't even have it on his own mantle. Uh, he did have one, one of them. So uh, thank you very much uh, to all the folks at Mountaineer for the Bill Mooney Memorial Purse. It really kind of lit up my day when I read that. And, of course, uh, with Matt Bernier, we're going to light up, hopefully, the board with the West Virginia Derby. As you know, uh, there's going to be some horses you've heard of in there, namely third-place finisher in the Belmont Stakes, Patch, the one-eyed horse, and 
a horse that uh, managed to run second in the Kentucky Derby at nice odds, 33-1. to 1, And that will be looking at Lee. A horse likes to come from another zip code. So we'll get to that with Matt a little bit later on. Uh, got some more uh, late-breaking news. Not all of it's good. Uh, just about an hour before post time up uh, at Saratoga, uh, we heard that uh, AP Indian was going to be scratched uh, from the Graded Stakes race up there. Uh, he's a seven-year-old Indian, Charlie Gelding, uh, two-time grade one winner. Uh, they weren't sure what was going on uh, with his ankle, but they have found out that uh, even though he's always had some minor ones, uh, they in this uh, last one, they just said, you know, to be competing at the grade one level, you got to be 100%. That's where he deserves to be. And... The decision was pretty easy to make. They're going to retire him and give him a good home. Uh, he had a record of 11-6-1 from 20 starts for earnings of $1,477,000. He was just an amazing sprinter. Uh, broke the track record for six furlongs uh, at, at Keeneland. Uh, he went on a tear back in 2016, won six in a row, including four graded stakes. Um but uh, sad to say, he did not compete uh, in the Vanderbilt. So uh, hats off to his connections for giving him a break when the time was right. Well, saw an eye-popping performance in a three-horse race over the weekend. Those aren't words that usually you hear. But three-horse race, the winner, paid-up subscriber, I couldn't figure out. It looked like a 16th of a mile. I don't know. What is 32 and a half links in the shoe V paid up subscriber just romped by 32 and a half links. Uh, John Velasquez was in the saddle. Uh, he said, I knew these other horses had speed, uh, but there was a point in the race where I just said, you know, I, I, I've got to find out. I've got to press him a little bit. I just can't let him go easy. And, uh, all of a sudden, he took off, and he never stopped. And the other two horses <laughs> never ran against her. It was uh, Terra Promessa came in second, four lengths ahead of Apology Not Accepted. And uh, so it was the second graded stakes win for paid-up subscriber, who also won the 2016 Fleur de Lis handicap. And uh, then I, I pull up th the news that uh, it looks like she's going to have to have surgery, and they're not sure at this point in time, uh, but she's recovering from surgery, uh, and uh, it, whether or not she's going to go back into, into trainer. Chad Brown says she's going to be fine, uh, but I'm sure you know, after 60 days off, they're going to reevaluate her. She's certainly worth a lot as a broodmare. She's certainly paid her way. She's Won eight hundred and sixty-two thousand. So, after a big win where really there was no huge effort, if you just watched her just gallop the last sixteenth, it was unbelievable. Um, another memorial of of a sort. Uh, Ben's cat uh, is going to be buried at Laurel Park. Uh, King Leatherberry asked it, and uh, they Maryland Jockey Club said, "Go ahead and do it." You know, he meant so much to to Maryland. Uh, Horse of the Year, a numerous time, and so Ben's cat will be forever remembered there. Well, uh, talked about it earlier. Gervin gets it done in the Haskell Invitational, the Grade One. Unbelievable uh, that uh, he uh, was 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 picked by my man Matt Bernier. It was one of the more thrilling stretch drives that I've seen because it looked like my buddy 
Brian Hernandez was going to get the job done with McCracken, who's, who's back to his winning ways, but just got nailed at the wire. So it was Gervin, uh, again, with the uh, connections of uh, Joe Sharp. Of course, Joe's married to former jockey uh, Rosie Napravnik. And as a matter of fact, you can see her on camera. She was bringing the horse over. So the word is now that Gervin and McCracken are going to have a rematch in the Traverse Stakes. Of course, everything's possible. We don't know. But uh, so what we, what we hear is that uh, those two are going to show up in the Traverse. It's going to be an unbelievable race. I, I'm guessing that's where I wrap will uh, resurface. Uh, so um, it, it's going to be just a, an amazing race. Um, and out of that race, be, uh, Robbie Alvarado, who gave a super ride, uh, as I stated earlier, they want a regular rider for the horse. Uh, he got uh, Jockey of the Week honors in North America. Uh, real quick, I've only got a couple minutes, that uh, Stellar Wind uh, beat Val Dory again in the Clement L. Hirsch, that was a 300,000 grade one out at Del Mar. And then there was an upset in the matchmaker. Miss Temple City was the odds-on favorite, but it was a ground-saving trip on the inside by Javier Castellano that got Wakila to open up down the Mammoth Park stretch and get the job done. Uh, Wikila is a Group 3 winner originally uh, over in France and then uh, came over to the U.S. Uh, she actually ran through a sale over at the Arc de Triomphe where she sold as the highest price, $1.233 million. But she's had a good career over here uh, in the U.S. Uh, she just got to beat by Teppin and the, the, the Jenny Wiley. And uh, so... Uh, she's got earnings of $418,000. Uh, speaking of a horse that didn't step on its pedigree or its price tag, um, it was Tatters to Riches, a million-dollar baby by Union Rags, uh, who broke his uh, maiden a pretty good style out of Del Mar earlier in the week. It was a it was a game race, a Jungle Warfare, Son of Animal Kingdom. I made him uh, run for his money, but uh, he definitely uh, got the job done. So uh, keep an eye out for a horse by the name of Tatters to Riches. At one time was purchased for 60000 as a yearling. What a great pinhook job there, getting him sold for a million at the Ocala sale. And one more across the pond, it was Judd Mott Farms Homebred Soup Super Philly and Nabel, who in a rainstorm uh, got victory over older males in the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth stakes at Ascot. So we've got a rising star across the pond, and the great Frankie DeTore was in the saddle getting it done. But boy, I don't know if they would have raced that uh, that race in North America the way it was raining over there. But nonetheless, that's a wrap up. I had some great, great racing over over the weekend. Of course, uh, the Jim Dandy upset time. Happy birthday to Bill Mott. He won upset. Good Samaritan finally decided to take him off the turf, tried the main track, got the job done in the Jim Dandy. Odds are we will see him in the Traverse Stakes also. The Alfred Vanderbilt uh, went to L. Deal, who went wire to wire, slipped away from him. 
one by eight lengths. And in a win in your end on the West Coast, the Bing Crosby. This was a weird race. Mike Smith was dropped shortly after the start where there's a little bit of a gap. Luckily, he's okay. But DeFrong went with the pace, went wide on the turn, and uh, really hurt uh, the 8-5 to five favorite Roy H. Slipping through along the inside was Ransom the Moon. So he benefited from the loose horse who took everybody wide. But now it's win and you're in. He's going to the Breeders' Cup Sprint. And we're going to break. When we come back, we're going to be with Jeff Johnston from the Jockeys Guild. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We had a uh, jockey replacement, uh, Donna Barton Brothers, uh, couldn't make it, but taking the reins for her is a gentleman by the name of Jeff Johnston. He's one of the regional managers of the Jockey Guild. I met Jeff, I'm going to say, about 20, 25 years ago when he was starting out at River Downs. I was always kind of intimidated by Jeff. He had this scowl on his face. I never knew if I did something that pissed him off or if he's just determined. And as it turned out, he was just determined. It turned out to be a great guy. Turned out to be, uh, at times, our leading rider uh, for many of the meets. More importantly, the leading money-winning rider. And uh, uh, since then, uh, met his uh, his wife, Jo Lynn, and ended up working side by side with her for, I'm going to say, 10 years. Uh, I think their kids think I'm their uncle because Jeff and Jo Lynn let me practically live at their house most summers. So with all that said, Jeff Johnston, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thanks, John. That was my focused face. I was focused. 
focused. Okay, focused. Yeah. And by the way, I did find that photo you wanted of you riding on the turf, so I'll, I'll, I'll get that to you. Uh, well, Jeff, anyhow, you, just to kind of familiarize people, because uh, uh, you did most of your riding in you know Kentucky and uh southern ohio uh but but you you came from a little farther out west there's also not too many jockeys that got a couple degrees that come out of the jockeys room so talk about your early years and eventually you know going to college and riding at the same time i grew up in iowa and and i was going to school at uh i started northern iowa and then moved to iowa state so i could be closer to prairie meadows uh when they first opened so i was riding in the evenings and taking school uh, I was taking classes in the afternoons, and Prairie Meadows shut down uh, for a while, so I moved to Louisville. I uh, was galloping at Churchill, working on some farms, and took out my license here. Finished up college at the University of Louisville, uh, met my wife, and decided to make our home here. So we established Northern Kentucky Road Turfway, River Downs, uh, Indiana, when they opened, um, just kind of was able to stay on that circuit. Not move around too much, have a good family life, home life, and uh, not have the expenses of traveling all the time. So everything worked out well for us. Uh, we're still in the same area, very happy. Kids are almost grown now, um, but starting a gentleman's farm out here. Yes, yes, and I got to be the, the gentleman farmer for a week while you were up in Saratoga. But before I get onto that, you kind of skipped over a chapter. Uh, Tell me about your years at uh, uh, Louisville in college. Isn't that where you met Joe Lynn? Yeah, I, I started out as an accounting major in Iowa, but when I moved to Kentucky, I figured out that you know I didn't want to let racing leave my life, so I was enrolled in the equine industry program at the University of Louisville. It was one of the first classes there that graduated. Um, still have several friends in, in the industry that have graduated from the same program. It seems to be doing well. Um, and it was a great, great program. You go through, you know, it's growing up as a rider, or at least being a jockey, you're focused on riding where you get your next mount. It's a seven days a week, 10 hours a day grind of just riding. When you go to school, you learn equine law, equine marketing, what happens at the racetrack. So you not only see what happens on the backside, you get to see what the front side views are. So now it's it's a better rounded vision of the total industry, including pin hooking, sales, uh, breeding. Um, you know, you get you figure out that hey, the two minutes that I spend on the back of that horse during the race is a very very small part of this industry, and it it starts you know three four five years in advance of those two minutes. So you you take into consideration not what you're doing there. But what you know, how it affects everybody that's that's involved with that horse from the past to the future. Very well stated, Jeff. Very well stated. Well, with that said, that resume uh, put you in a great spot to become involved with the Jockey Guild. How did you get into it and uh, get to the situation where you are right now? Because you're responsible for a lot of states. I have eight states that I cover, um, most of the Midwest states, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, uh, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, but I also cover New York and New Jersey, which is why I was in Saratoga this past weekend. Um, they had a great event up there. One, it was the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Day across America, 
where Saratoga does great things. They had a, an autograph signing. They had a dunk tank. They had Andy Sterling in dunk tank, who was a, uh, a top hit. They had a full lineup of people ready to dunk him. Um, a few of the jockeys got in. They had their own share of uh, fans or haters that, that paid to uh, <laughs> put them under the water. So it was a great day at, at um at Saratoga on Saturday, and then on Monday they had a big event at Saratoga called the, uh, the Jockey Karaoke to benefit the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. The VIP sales this year were sold out. There were still a few um, standing room only seats available through general admission, but the, the one of the big things, they had 1,500 people that viewed that by a live stream on the internet. So People from all over the country or world were watching the jockeys sing karaoke on stage in Saratoga. So um, it was a great event. It was lively. It was very fun. It was very funny. Um, the jockeys stepped up, put themselves out there, costume and all. Um, Tom Durkin was a great host. He sang. He danced. He mooned the crowd. Uh, <laughs> it, Anybody Tom Durkin mooned the crowd. <laughs> Tom Durkin mooned the crowd at, Sar- at, the, at the event in Saratoga. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, listen, you, as I remember telling you, I had a, a Dr. Carl Maticola on a couple months ago, and he was talking about uh, the what they're doing as far as, uh, you know, just like the, you know, baseball and football and basketball evaluating jockeys uh, for concussions. And they were going to try to make it mandatory uh, starting, I think, in Kentucky and then hopefully expand it across the country. Uh, was that ever implemented or, implemented, or where, where is that study going right now? You know, Carl's doing a great job, and he's got the University of Kentucky is at the forefront of considering jockeys as elite athletes compared with the professional football players, hockey players, uh, baseball players, they consider jockeys to be just as important. One, one of the things they've done is they've created a sports medicine research lab at the University of Kentucky. The current equipment, they have race trainers that are similar to equisizers, people may be more familiar with, but they do a biomechanical assessment, including heart rate and acceleration forces. One of the uh, they're really excited to get in the next couple of weeks or months and uh, what's called an MK 9.5 custom fabricated horse, which again will give a biomechanical profile. But what they're going to be able to do is compare the elite jockeys. They can get readings, live readings from being on this, this mechanical horse to be able to compare. A young rider comes in, he can compare his readings to a John Velasquez or uh the, you know, the best riders in the nation to see where they compare as far as heart rate and mechanical forces. They can measure, like, how, how hard they can pull against the reins, if, they, if they'll be able to hold a horse, um, how hard they can push on their neck, how fit they are. So they can actually give a young rider some, um, some education and training to say, you know, here's what you need to work on or you know, here's where the elite riders are and here's where you are and, you know, you need to get back out there and, and do some more work or, you know, you're ready to go. So that's a, a really cool thing that they're putting in place yeah, down there. it is. I'd like to go down and watch that. 
Yeah, it should be set up hopefully in the next couple months where they can really get involved with, with getting some readings in, getting people in there to see what they can do and where they, you know, how they relate to the big riders. Well, yeah, we can get, put you get, on there, John, and see how you compare. Maybe, maybe we can change, <laughs> give you a career change. Now, that would have to be for extra size riders, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Not jockeys. Uh, well, um, so... Anything in the works with uh, the, with the guild, with the PDJF, or things you would want our listeners to know? Well, we're also doing, like you mentioned, the concussion work that Carl's doing, and and what we're doing is working to enact a protocol as a requirement for tracks. You know, the, you know, even in little league soccer and uh, girls softball, all these all these other sports for young individuals through either little leagues or high school or college athletes, they all have to go through a concussion protocol. But there's nothing in place right now in the racing industry with the exception of a few tracks. Uh, So jockeys basically, they go off a horse, they get assessed by the medical team, but a lot of times the medical team are EMTs or somebody that's not really trained in um, concussion assessment. And perhaps they're letting riders go out there that really shouldn't be riding, which could be a detriment to them later in their life to say, you know, you, know, you should have set up that one race or that one week. Instead, you know, down the road, we're finding riders that are basically permanently disabled because they've had so many concussions that they can't do regular jobs anymore. So what we're trying to do is baseline assessments and tracks first off, to get a baseline for the riders, and then any time that they go off, we'll have some type of protocol in place um, that we can compare that to to say, okay, you know, you're fine. And a lot of it's just uh, awareness or knowledge of the medical team to say, hey, we need to be looking at this. And they're giving a little more attention to a guy after he goes off, and they're not just looking at him. He says he's okay, and they say, okay, go off back, back out there and ride. They're actually doing... Uh, a SCAT 5 assessment test to say, okay, you're, there's some balance and there's some mem- memorization and there's some different things to, to say, okay, you're okay or you're you're not okay or, you know, you're in a gray area. And then we have protocols in place to determine what what their assessment is on that well, day Jeff, and if they are. That, that, that is excellent work, Jeff. My producer is telling me that they're, at the station there's an extremely bad storm and they're on uh, – back up uh, with their generator and that we're going to have to cut this short. So, Jeff Johnston, thanks so much uh, for joining us tonight. As you know, I can have you back on anytime you want or any other representative from the Guild. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate to all our listeners at Winning Ponies, and I apologize for the brevity of this week's show, uh, but it is uh, an, an act of God, not an act of John Engelhart and the staff at Winning Ponies. Be sure to tune in next week. We appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.